Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. as women we are told what we can't do and we forget that we are needed and that we're important in the church and that we're supposed to be strong Christian women in the church. Um, so yeah, that's why I titled it that way and I want to let you know that I'm not here to be like, you can't do this, you can't do this, but I'm here to tell you what you can do and encourage you and tell you that we should take charge of our faith and further the gospel for God's glory. Um, so before we start, I have a few questions for you guys. And I would love if you answered them honestly, no matter what the answer is. Um, but have you ever felt like someone has not taken you seriously because you aren't a girl? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you ever felt like you couldn't speak up because you are a woman? Yes. Yes. Like maybe someone wouldn't take you seriously or not listen to what you have to say. Have you ever felt the need to hold back your gifts or ignore your passions because you are a woman, or is it because you are fearful of what people will think because you are a girl? Yes. Yes. So if you've never felt that, congratulations. <laughs> but <laughs> I, like so many of you in this room, have felt that, um, and I'm here to tell you that that is not what the Bible has said for us as women, um, and we should be so excited that God thinks of us as equal to everyone, that we are not less than, that we are important in his plan. Um, but before we head any further, I want you to know that I do not ask these questions because I want us to get like riled up about the injustice towards women and go like, you know, rally the streets. Not saying that that is wrong to protest because there is injustice in the world. Um, and I'm not promoting modern feminism. I don't want to promote anything else other than what the word of God has to say. Um, and so whatever we talk about today, I hope that you know comes from the word of God. I am just a messenger, um, but I hope that you will leave today encouraged and motivated that the Lord is going to use you um, with the gifts that he has given you um, to bring glory to himself, not to you, but to him, um, and he has a special design plan for that, and it does not belittle us, it actually is planted just for us. So before we move forward, I want us to read two verses that will kind of prepare us as we dive in to what the Word of God has to say. So let's go ahead and look at Hebrews 4.12. And can I have someone read us Hebrews 4.12 whenever you flip to it? Andrea, do you mind reading Hebrews 4.12? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints, yes, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Awesome. And then the second verse we're going to look at is 2 Timothy 3.16. And can I have someone read 2 Timothy 3.16 for us? 
<laughs> All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. All right, so these two verses, what do these two verses tell us about the word of God? So, so what do these two verses say about the word of God? What does it tell us about the word of God? He's like telling us we can trust it and use it for anything. Yes. Yeah. That we can build our life upon it. Right. What else does it say? What does it promise to us? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you guys are here. <laughs> Let's look at Second Timothy three sixteen. What are the, what's the list that runs through what the Word of God is for us? Completely inspired by God. Yeah, completely inspired by God. What does that mean? Except inspired by God. That it wasn't man that wrote the Bible. It was mm-hmm. God that wrote the Bible. Yeah. So every single word in this Bible is God's word. Yeah. So these verses tell us that we can trust God's word because it's literally his voice speaking to us. And everything in this Bible was supposed to be there. Um, so therefore, that tells us that we can't throw anything out that we don't like. If we read something, we can't be like, oh, I don't like that. I'm just going to copy and cut that out of my Bible. We can't do that because the word of God is complete. It's perfect. Um, and it has the power to transform us and change us. And so therefore, we have to listen to what it has to say. So before we dive into these passages, um, we need to come before them and humbly lay down our desires and our pride or our expectations. And we have to lean in and listen to what the Lord has to say. Um, his voice is powerful. Um, there are two more people that need to come. Really? <laughs> 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 we need to win Oh, that's, that's an awesome problem to have that I didn't have in those chairs. <laughs> um, so we serve an almighty God who is powerful and hey guys. Uh, we serve an almighty God who is powerful and he knows better than us, right? He is I don't think so. I think it's that's my control. Uh, being a strong woman in the church. Uh, well, women are supposed to go.
So we're gonna go back to the first woman ever created, our girl Eve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the OG. <laughs> so let's flip in our Bible to Genesis two. Uh, we're gonna read Genesis two eighteen through twenty five. And could someone read those verses for us? Verses eighteen through twenty five. I can read them. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of, the, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, the birds of the air, and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. It is a way which the Lord God had taken from man and made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they are both naked, the man and his wife, and they are not ashamed. Thank you, Nikki. Um, so, based on this passage, who did God create first? Who did God What does Adam what does Adam say when he like meets Eve and sees the ground naked? Anything mm-hmm. verse twenty two? He basically said that like he was made out of something like him. Yeah. Yeah. He says, This at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So he's saying, like, oh wow, like I needed this helper alongside of me. Like, thank you, Lord. I needed somebody because I can't do this on my own. So we see here that God's design from the beginning of time. This is before even sin came into the world. So this is like a perfect design, right? It's not even tainted by sin. God created man to lead. He gave him the responsibility to make decisions, like to name animals and to take care of creation. And then he can't do that by himself, right? So God created woman to be a helper, to be a supporter. And then we see in chapter 3, I think it's, yeah, verse 20, Eve is named Eve because she's called mother of all the living. That's a huge title, right? Without Eve, without women, there would be no humanity. Like, women are so crucial because without us, there would be no life. Um, without Eve, Adam would have died alone, and the human race would be over, right? <laughs> the, the Bible would be, like, two pages long because Adam's life would have just ended, and I would have been done. Um, so God gave Eve a great purpose and a great calling, 
um, and she was called to come alongside Adam to serve and to help him. Adam could not have done his job without Eve. Eve could not have done her job without Adam. Um, so she is very, very important. So in this passage, does God make Eve any lower than Adam? So by God saying this, he's saying she is just as important as you. So don't ever think that she's not more important than you. Um, and that should be comforting to us today, right? Because that this shows that before sin ever entered the world, God created man and woman to be equal, to be equal partners. But he gave them different roles. So in order to move on to the next few passages that we're going to read, which are a bit more harder to read, um, we must be informed of the big picture, right? We have to get God's original design. Um, we sometimes have the tendency to take these next few verses we're going to read and um, just look at them and be like, oh, I hate that. I'm going to toss that aside. Or if we take it and just plaster it on the wall without putting context into it, it looks like they don't they don't like look good, you know? Um, so we have to get the full picture. We have to get the full context. We have to see what God is saying in order to accurately see what God um, has designed us to do. Um, so with that said, well, first, is there any questions or comments so far after reading Genesis? All right, let's go ahead and continue on to 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. And who would like to read 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15? Woman is to reign quietly with full submission, and not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to reign quietly. If anyone is born of God, let him pray. If anyone is not deceived, let the woman not deceive her own own self. She will be saved when she is married, if she continues in faith without compromise. So, reading those verses, how do those verses make you feel when you first read them? What are, what are things that come to your mind? And you can be honest. God makes me feel really special. Yeah. What, what, what things in these verses like, kind of stood out in you? Yeah. 
divine moments, right? Um, but just like we talked about at the beginning, we can't just toss these verses to the side. We can't just tuck them out of the Bible because God's word is complete and it's profitable um, and it's edifying. And so this, these verses right here have something to say about us and how to figure out who exactly is saying. Um, so verse 13, like Macy said, it kind of goes back to the beginning, um, back to Genesis. Paul writes about Genesis. He does what I just tried to do, which is get the big picture. And he says that Adam was formed first and then Eve. So why was why was Adam formed first? It was just God's desire. <laughs> God just chose Adam to come first. And then he chose Eve to be made out of Adam. Um, and the, the answer to that is because that's what God wanted to do. That was God's desire. God is perfect, and so we can trust that. Um, and what happened when Eve ate the fruit? When she physically ate the fruit, what was she what was she saying about who God was? Because God said, Don't eat the fruit. I'm God to do what I say. And then he said, I'll eat the fruit. What was he saying in that moment? What was the Yeah. He was saying, Get inside God. I know better than you. And so what Eve did was she stepped outside the design that God created her to be in, right? And don't read this passage and think that it's saying women are the reason that sin came into the whole world. Like, yes, Eve was a woman and she did bite out the apple. But who was standing next to her passively, not taking leadership in that moment? Yes, Adam. Adam also reversed his role too, right? Adam was supposed to be the leader. He had responsibility. And he sat passively next to her as she rejected God and said, no, I know better. So both of them are in the blame. So this passage is not saying, blame the woman, she's the problem, she needs to be quiet. It's saying that when we step outside of the bounds that God has for us and the design that God has for us, we're playing with fire and things are going to go wrong. Um, just like how sin was brought into the world, we see the light of that too. Um, really nervous. Um, I want to make sure I <laughs> like get everything right um, and do it in a, like a compassionate and encouraging way. But um, so the next thing about this verse is in verse 12 when it says, "I did not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man; rather, she should remain quiet." Um, so I believe, and this is controversial, um, and I just want to let you know that if you disagree with me this morning, that's okay. I still want to be your friend. Like, we can disagree and still live alongside each other in love. Um, but I believe that it says that women should not be pastors. Um, because men were created to lead. And when women take that leadership position, they're going outside of God's design. Just like when Eve stepped outside of God's design. Um, just like when we step out God's design for anything in our lives, it causes, it causes problems. And so I believe that God has said women should not be pastors. And you have to trust that he is God and he knows what's best. And even if they don't understand this. Um, so it can be easy when we read this because we might think, we might look at our own gifts and be like, oh, I have the gift of teaching and encouragement. I should be able to lead a church. Or maybe you know a girl that is really good at teaching and you're like, she would be such a better pastor than so-and-so, like, than this guy over here. Like, 
Um, and we, we kind of like, we, we said, I should do that position. Um, but like I talked about at the beginning, we have to step back and lean on our own desires and humbly listen to the word of God because he knows better than us. He's a God that is perfect and holy in all his ways. Um, so I just want to tell you, if you think you have the gift of teaching, that you can certainly use the gift of teaching in so many other ways. Like you can teach other women. You can sit one-on-one with someone and disciple them and teach them the word. Um, you can share your story. You can encourage your brothers and your sisters in Christ just like as you walk through life and in your friendships. Um, you can teach younger children. You can teach your children. Um, you can support others. You can live a life that teaches those around you the power of the gospel and the glory of God's love. Um, there's so much you can do with the gift of teaching that God wants to use you in, but it just may not look like you being in the pulpit on Sunday morning. And that's, that's okay because there's so many other things that you can do with with God's gift that He's given to you. So instead of focusing on the one hour that the Bible says we are not allowed to preach or we're not allowed to be in the pulpit and lead a church, let's focus on the like the millions of hours we have in our life to serve the people around us and um, the people in our lives and witness and evangelize and use those gifts the way that God has aligned in His ways. Questions or comments about that, or ways that you interpret this passage? I would, if you have a different view on it, I really would love to hear it. As I was saying, whatever. So I struggled with this for a while too, because strong independent women, women in charge of stuff. I don't know. I I like to lead. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. And for me, leading is a way to just encourage all the people that are there, and it's awesome. But we often think that women don't have big enough roles, right? Like, we don't have enough to do, like, we, like, they're not letting us do the big stuff. They're not letting us lead. But between women and men, women are so much more excited by little things, right? So, like, you smiled at me. I'm pretty sure that's a coffee. Or, like, your kid giggled for the first time, right? We're so much more excited by little things. Men, not so much. And that's just the way God created us. So it makes a lot more sense for us to have a supportive role or a role that we think is not enough because I don't know what else we can look at. But if our role is to be over kids and the mother of all living things, and if that is our not enough role, right, if that's what God's called us to do and we think that it's not enough, we have to realize that God is allowing us to just have a lifetime full of being excited by little things, you know? And so if you put a man in that position, he wouldn't be as joyful, he wouldn't be as excited about it, because that's just not what they hear. But they're very good at being objective, strong leaders, telling you how it needs to be, the things that a pastor has to do, right? And their emotions are different than ours, so they're the ones that are going to be able to lead a church, right? So if something just needs to be done, we might have a meltdown about it and cry about it and I'm like, this is so sad, and they'll just get it done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Do you think that there is a reason that God has designed, like, most men to be like that and most women to be like that? A hundred percent. Because David is a lot less emotional than me, mm-hmm. but in times where he should be more emotional, I'm like, hey, have you thought about this? And yeah. times when I should be less emotional, he's like, hey, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. So we complement each other, and I feel like God created them to be together. Yeah. You work together, you grow together, you figure it out together. He learns about emotions, I learn about not emotions, and you know, you work it all together, and you're supposed to be partners. And so there's there's a reason that he made us to think and act and be 
I have struggled with it because I like to be like a strong woman, like a leader. Yeah, yeah. But um, and like that's something that God has definitely like gifted you with. Like you're so good at planning things. You're so organized. <laughs> but like it's like learning how to use that in a way that like helps the team, right? Like planning a one year old's birthday party. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you see like how like in your marriage that like that mutuality like helps you guys? Yeah, for sure. Once we, so once we both get out of our heads that, like, we've got it figured out, mm-hmm. once we get into the space of God made us this way for a reason, he made men and women different for a reason, and we go at it with God together, mm-hmm. then it works. Yeah. But as soon as we do what you said and we step out of what God has for us or or anything like that, it, it doesn't work. It falls apart. Yes. So the the place where a woman should be, right, is only good if we do it God's way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's perfectly said yeah it, it means a lot like coming from someone who is married because marriage is supposed to reflect the relationship with the church so having that perspective is crucial yeah thank you for sharing that Andrea. all right any other comments we can move on to the next topic yeah I feel like I have never heard a woman before like my church um mm-hmm. has never said that and so Man was a little bit shocking for me, and I don't really understand it, I guess. I don't really, it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's something I'm definitely going to keep praying about, too. It just doesn't, I just don't really understand why, you know, someone who's been gifted with leadership and all of those things should be able to stand still for so long, role that is blessing God and is yeah. bringing people to God. And I don't know, I guess I just don't really think that women can't do big things and you know, they can't have a big role and do whatever they want to do as long as it's praising God. So yeah. it's definitely something that I'm going to, like, keep reading about and praying about. Yeah. yeah, and I think that it's, like, the best way to go about it. Um, and I, I, I talked about this with um, Ken before you guys showed up, and he told me, he said that I believe that, like, if me and my wife were across, like, in another country, and she was the only person there, that knew the gospel, and there was no other, like, if he wasn't there, like, she should preach, she should lead that, but if he was there, then he would take initiative, not saying that she wouldn't be able to, but just because that was in God's design, um, and I never want to say that women can't do big things, they can, and God wants them to, like, we're going to go through a list of women in the Bible that have done huge, radical things, um, so yeah, I, I would love to talk to you more about it and also just encourage you as you search for answers. And so yeah, I think the way that you were sharing a little bit about it, just praying is the best way. Um, and it is a very controversial topic. People have different views. Any other comments? Is this new to anyone? Every <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's um. It's not something that's talked about a lot because it is controversial. Um, I would just want to say that I think I feel like um, in like it's it's kind of like it's not usually like said outright a lot. Mm-hmm. It's more like implied. Yeah. And like if you if you have questions about it, a lot of times like no one talks about it. Yeah. You you either have to like figure it out by like how other people act, mm-hmm. or just like be like this. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think that it can be. If because no one ever like wants to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
who we're going to talk about it because it's very clear. Yeah. Um, and also, I think that the church has gone about it in the wrong way for many, many years. Women have felt like they don't have a voice, like they can't do big things, and they've been told submit. Like <laughs> they've been used that word has been used as like something like a like a gun to their head to like stay quiet, and that's not the way that it was supposed to be. Like that's not what it's supposed to be. Like, we're given gifts so that we can do big things for God. Um, yeah, I think that that makes sense. I'm trying to like I'm trying to like figure it out on my own. Like, um, but I feel like that's that's what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. Any other comments to this point? Um, I think it's really important that Sean said is that like the man and the woman work together and mm-hmm. they're like one flesh and they complement each other. Because um, when Abraham and Sarah married, they were um, married and they worked together in everything they did. So like uh, the man he was preaching every day, but then also um, his wife, she would preach sometimes like to the younger girls that mm-hmm. would need like her word because she was a woman and she could give encouragement of things that she had gone through mm-hmm. and she would complement everything that he couldn't do on his own mm-hmm. so like they worked together in the church and not just he was in charge and like mm-hmm. she was submissive like they they complemented each other yeah. and everything but the other one was like would you say that she did just as much work as he did yeah 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 they just did different things yeah yeah, yeah. I know for me, like, I work for a church, right? I'm, like, I'm a staff member here at Village, and, like, I teach you guys every Saturday. I sit down one-on-one with some of you guys and read the Bible together. Um, I've taught youth group sometimes, and I'll teach youth group because the guys in the youth group are not men yet, and the Bible says, you know, teach men. So I will teach youth group if that is gone, and, like, I am not quiet. I like to teach the Word of God. I am so passionate about the Word of God. Um, but I will never get up there on a Sunday morning and preach to the congregation because God has told me no. And like, even though sometimes I'm like, well, I have really good things to say, God. <laughs> He's like, well, say like, say those things somewhere else and trust that I am in control of my church and this is the way that I run things. And I do submit words to God and trust that He is in control of that. Yeah, go for it, please. Um, I think this is a very like hard message for us authors, but mm-hmm. I think because it's such a hard message for authors, it kind of leads us like down the path of like exercise our trust on God mm-hmm. because you can do things a lot that don't make sense, and God's like mind is bigger than ours, and mm-hmm. sometimes like accepting it. I know for like myself, like I'm guilty of like every single day of like just accepting that whatever His plan or His like design better than anything I can imagine even if I don't understand it mm-hmm. um, and I think just something like this can like help like exercise our minds to trust him more yeah um, help us remember that he's wise and just like do it differently and stuff like this yeah <laughs> yeah because we're supposed to just like trust him mm-hmm. yeah I think that is very wise um, and just to comfort you guys that are just now like thinking through this it took me three years to like come to the terms of what I believe. Like when I first became a believer, I didn't think about this and um, at all. And then in college, I was like kind of forced to make a decision. And I would say it was within the last two months that I had realized where I stand on it. 
took me a long time to get there. A lot of prayer, a lot of searching the scriptures, talking to wise people. Um, and it's it's not something that is make or break in our faith. Like, if you believe women can be pastors, you are still safe. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that you are not a Christian. Um, but, like, it's just something that we have to figure out on our own and we're more than five of people trying to pursue this and that's not that bad. Um, but I just think that's what you're relying on to see what God is calling you. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our next passage, which is also one that um, is really popular when talking about women in the church, and that is 1 Corinthians 14, 34-35. And as you guys are flipping there, 1 Corinthians 14, 34-35, I kind of want to explain the context of this passage. So Paul here is saying how you should handle tongues and prophecy within a church, which I am not going to even try to touch on today, so it's just a question for another time. But basically, he has already affirmed that women can prophesy in the church. And so what we're going to say today is that women can encourage people in the church. But prophecy, one of the ways you can prophesy is just by, like, taking the promises of the Bible and being like, God is going to come through because he promises this. So it's like a word of encouragement. So Paul is already saying women can get up in the church and they can speak truth. They can speak encouragement. He's already affirmed that. And so we have to have that in mind when we read this passage that women in the church at this time already have a lot of say in what goes on and a lot of say in the truth and like speaking the truth. Um, so, and which was radical at this time because women weren't even like allowed to like, you weren't even allowed to like look a man in the eye if you met her husband. Um, so women had like no freedom at this time and the fact that they could come to church and speak in front of everyone, like words of God, like words of encouragement was huge. Um, so, can I have someone read verses 34 through 35? Women should remain silent in churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. They want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Alright, so another <laughs> really <laughs> tough message um, that I don't, I didn't like to read for the longest time. Um, when you guys hear the word submit, what do you think of? What kind of feelings does that stir up within you? It's like, um, it kind of submit to me is like full obedience to like the first wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, told her to not be obedient. Yeah. Like, that's almost like submission. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing something close to like a dog. Yeah, I think he's going to to sit, he's going to sit, only because he knows he's supposed to sit. Yeah. Not because he wants to sit, or because he thinks it would be a good idea, because yeah. you told him to sit, and that's good. Yeah, it's like, you kind of think of it as he will learn it, or like he's on the board. Yeah. That's, why, do you, why do you think of submission like that? Why do you think that's what our world has turned to? Like, for conversation with the Lord now. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Like, submission is like, in an abusive relationship, like yes. there's a dominant one and a submissive one, and like the submissive one is always getting hurt or always mm-hmm. being belittled or emotionally or whatever it is, it's it's not a good context. So it, it doesn't mean in our culture now, it doesn't mean to just take the spot below mm-hmm. because that's where your spot is and that's fine, right? Because I'm sitting here and she's sitting there. If this is spot number one, that's spot number two. It doesn't mean you just don't ever do it again. Yeah. But that's what we interpret it as because when we're trying to use the word in the current culture, it's about putting someone or writing down. Mm-hmm. Yes, which 
Is that what the bottom of the connection is to be a cup? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I I mean it's just that's where it is. It's yeah. And so you just thought like and it's not that it's connecting the dry wood. Mm-hmm. Right? So God puts men in their place all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just how they are. Yeah. He's putting them in a different place because he has different needs. Um does anyone know like a comparative definition of innocence? Like what does God say about innocence? Well, let me first ask you guys a question. I'll ask you about Matthew later. But biblical submission with trusting. Um, I'm going to use marriage as an example. Um, the man humbly and servant with a servant heart serves his wife for her best interests. So he is constantly serving her, loving her, leading her in a way that is loving and caring and gentle. Do you think that it's easy for the woman to follow his lead? Yeah. 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 So the strong bond of trust is just what it should be. So often in our world, it's not like that. Um, the man can be manipulated and manipulative. It's like abusive, or maybe he misuses his power, um, and that causes us to look at the word submission and be like, oh, why would I want to submit to that? When really, in reality, the way that God created it is he created the man to constantly be looking after the interests of his wife, and that leads her to want to follow his lead because he is a good leader, and she trusts him wholeheartedly. And if the marriage is supposed to reflect the church, then we can assume the same for the church. So, um, God, who represents well, man represent like man and woman represents God's relationship to the church, right? So we submit to God because we trust Him and because we love Him and because we know that He has our best interests in mind. So, like submission is not what we think of right off the bat. We have to look at what God says about what submission is, which is often so different than our worldly minds because it's tainted by sin, um, which is so terrible. But that's that's what we have to understand, and that's what we can be passive through in these first few passages. Um, also, I want to explain to you what church looks like at this time. So, men and women would come into church, and they would sit on different sides. I don't know why they like we just sit separately. We kind of do that sometimes as a youth group. The girls would sit on one side, and <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you're, you're married. The, the wife would sit apart from the husband, and all the like all the guys, the dudes would sit together. And um, usually, they would like during church meetings, for example, they would discuss. Um, like where the church was going, what they were going to teach, decisions they're going to make, probably a lot about money and stuff like that. And women, they would sit and they would listen and they would process and think like, you know, they were allowed to hear what was going on, which like was huge at that time. Um, but what Paul is saying here when he's saying a woman should keep silent in the churches so they're not permitted to speak, he is saying like, don't have this meeting. Because like, <laughs> 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 ha- during this time, like, if, like, they had a problem with women just arguing with the leaders during the meeting. And that is just disrespectful. We don't do that, right? We don't argue with our teachers when they're teaching us something. When, like, so- we hear something at, um, in church that we don't like, we typically don't stand up and shake our finger at the pastor and storm out. Um, so Paul is saying... Um, like, just don't interrupt. Um, but more than that, when he says, 
let them ask their husbands at home, um, why, why do you think Paul would encourage wives to go ask their husbands about maybe questions that they had or concerns that they have or things that they disagree with? Why would he encourage them to go to their husbands? Their husbands can talk about the text. Yes. What is the wife doing when she goes to her husband? What is she affirming about him when she goes to him and asks him those questions? And she's affirming his leadership, too, right? And he, as a humble servant and as a humble leader, should listen to her and bring those back up to the surface to the church leadership. For the woman is heard. She just, in the process of being heard, also affirms her husband's leadership and also affirms and respects the church. Does that make sense? Um, so that's why Paul is saying that she's He's going back to the drawing board and pointing back to God's design that man is the leader, girl is the helper. Not like she's any less than. She is not. She is supposed to be heard. Her opinion is valuable. She's more, she is going to see more on the emotional side of things and maybe the deeper side. And her, her perspective is needed. Um, but there is just an order that goes to that. I think Paul needs to really think about his doctorate. Yes. Because anytime there's this, okay, so this room, for example, we're redoing it. Um, and he first, of course, wanted to get approval for the elders to do that. But then, after all the men said yes, right, mm-hmm. he came to women who have skills or enjoy redoing or enjoy whatever it is to get their opinion. We teach at Redoing because we use this space for that, right? So he also enlisted the help of men who could who physically have the skills to take on all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and that's how he does it with every project, right? He runs it by either his wife or women in the church or whatever, but everything that he says, there's there's a woman's thought in it, right? Mm-hmm. He might not be like, Riley, what do you think about this giant thing that we're going to do, right? But mm-hmm. he, I don't know. He consults a lot of he people. Consults a lot, yes, he consults a lot of people at a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different places at life to see what their thoughts are. Because all those perspectives matter. All of them matter. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good practical example. Mm-hmm. And it goes for even bigger decisions in the church, too. Yeah, it's not yeah. just being comfortable with the things that maybe you want to ask We're meeting about it on Sunday! Yeah, I think the inspiration is going to be like talking about time and friendship. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing. That's a really good practical example of what that looks like within the church. Um, so, like I said, the word submission is often misused within the church. Um, and I have experienced it. I went to a very, I still go to a very strict um, college, and I would get so riled up because I felt like I was being told to submit to every single man in my life. And I was like, no, I don't have to submit to every single man. Um, that's not my role. Um, so my question for that area is, who do we decide to submit to? As Christian women, what do we submit to in a biblical way? What do we submit to? Does that question make sense? Yeah. I would say the okay. first one is God. Yes. Okay. God. Yeah. God. <laughs> Our husbands. Yeah. Our husbands, if we're married. Okay. Yeah. Your parents. Yeah. So, like, people in our life that have authority over us, so our parents or whoever you are with, um, our husbands, if we're married, and God. Those are the people that you humbly submit to as they also serve you. Um, do you submit to your boyfriend? 
No. No, no, no. Don't do you submit to just your god friends? No. Do you submit to some random guy in the church? No. 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 March to the big place. So yeah, and I think that I was listening to a podcast and they were asking it was a Christian college and they were asking like the girls and guys in the in the congregation do women submit to men and like everyone shook their head, like yes, and like that is a problem because we do not, as women, we do not submit to every single man. That's not right because we're equal with them, right? Um, we submit to these things that God has lined up for us because it's for what's best for us, and we don't submit in a worldly way, in a way that's attacked to sin. We submit in a way that is towards the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'll be the different, even though that you run around like. Aha! To anyone that's like not your husband or dad, and like yeah. telling you off and everything. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, be respectful. Be respectful. But also know your know your biblical boundaries. That if some like I yeah that I'm not gonna submit to my boyfriend yet because he hasn't put a ring on my finger. You Yeah. 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 Yeah.
shoulder stories and really great interviews. Yeah. I said about Frankie Mears. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much an influence. Yeah. It's like a collection of like really non books. But it's like a fiction account. It's like it's like an interpretation of what like from the Bible what their stories were like that we can read. Some of them are historical. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Historical yeah. fiction. Who did Jesus reveal himself to when he was like that to Mary? He went to a woman first and he was like, Jesus looked into an eye, to the eyes of an adulterous woman. So not only did he look into just a woman's eyes, but a woman that had sinned and was an outcast. And then Jesus also healed the woman that had like the bleeding, right? And so like during that time, if you were on your period, you couldn't be touched by anybody. You had to like go away by yourself and sit on a bucket probably. <laughs> <laughs> Like how Paul always talks about like um, 
from the hands and the foot and the eyes. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, everyone has a call, even men have a call. Not every man is God. So, like, we need us as men to be up there to do other work too. Like, you have the church has to have two legs and has to have all the W's and all the nurses. Mm -hmm. Um, It can't just have the pastor. And the pastors are the most important part of the church, right? right? Yeah, he's just he's just another. He can't help everyone. Yeah. yeah. What else? What are What are you guys thinking about right now? One of the main things is like making the scripture and the authority to be the gospel and the preaching work that we do in our lives. Like that we need to be different, mm-hmm. and it's like we want to learn something ourselves. Yeah. So it's not so much. Upstairs with two and three year olds, and I'm in the nursery, and they're alarmed. <laughs> and she's really good at that. You're really good at doing what you're doing now, and all those things. And everyone is good at different things. And you maybe not, you might not serve within the actual building of your church, mm-hmm. but you just look where, look for where God needs you. And like maybe He has you at a certain job or in a certain class or whatever, because there's a couple people that are going to hear about Jesus from you, or they're going to look at you and be like, that naughty girl, what's different about her? And I don't get it. And they're just going to watch you all the time. And be like, hmm, she wrote church on her Sunday dinner. What else? You know? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> but you never will. God does what he wants. I think you just live for God. Like Allie said, do what God wants first. And then just figure out what that is. Just, you know, hmm. you search for where he needs you. Yeah. And constantly be praying that the Lord shows you what he wants you to do. If you're not praying for the Lord to show you what he wants you to do, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility 
count others more significant than yourself. Let each one of you not only look to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every sorry about that it looks like my app that i was using cut off um at an hour they only give me an hour time limit to complete my recording so hopefully next week i can find a different system and i also just want to say i'm sorry for the sound quality i didn't know it was going to be that faint um at least that's how it sounds on my phone so i apologize for that next week i'm going to get a microphone so hopefully that'll be all cleared up um but yeah i hope that you enjoyed today's um episode but it did cut off at the last two verses of the passage I was reading and it cut off my prayer. So I would just like to kind of redo that for you real fast so that you get the full experience of what Saturday was like. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. Uh, Philippians 2, I'm going to start in verse 9, which states, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every need shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the, under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the reason that I chose this passage is because I think it it gives us an example of what our lives are as Christians, what we're called to, the life that Jesus Christ, when we have given ourselves over to him, he says, okay, now live like this, which is radically different different than the world around us. So we're supposed to be uh, joyful. We're supposed to be unified and uh, loving one another. Uh, we're supposed to do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others as more important than ourselves. So that's what we're called to, not just as Christian women, but as Christians. So I wanted to end on that because we can focus on these verses that we read today and focus on the things that maybe the Bible says that we can't do, but we forget the big picture that God has called us to something so great to be part of his plan. Um, and I also just wanted to say that if you disagree with things in this podcast, I still love you. I still want you to come to Coffee and Conversations. I want you to listen to Coffee and Conversations. I would love to talk to you about it. Um, and just hear what your perspective is. I don't have all the answers. I'm still learning myself, um, but I believe that all our different perspectives coming together and thinking through this together prayerfully um, and with God's glory in mind, I, I think that's one of the most amazing things that we could do with passages like this. So yeah, with that being said, I hope that this podcast has just made you think. I hope that it's encouraged you. I hope that you're not leaving discouraged. Um, uh, my prayer is that you feel heard and seen and that you do have a place in the church um, and that the church is not a place where women should feel like they need to be quiet and that they don't have any voice or say and that they can't speak truth because you absolutely can. Um, So yeah, let me just pray for you real fast before we end things and yeah. All right, bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity we had yesterday just to gather together and to read the word and to study it. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us in it. 
um, and these passages that sometimes are confusing to us, that sometimes make us um, cringe or question why why you do the things you do, Lord. Would you just give us peace? Would you guide us and would you guide these women that listen to this podcast and that have listened on Saturday morning? Would you just help them come to their own conclusions? Would you guide them in truth and would you comfort them? Show them that you are, that they are important, that they are valued in your plan and that you have a Um, wonderful plan to use them and their gifts for your glory, not their glory, Lord. And would you remind me of that as well? I'm so quick to be prideful and to rely on my own strength and to think that I know best, God, but you know best because you are you are God. Um, Lord, we love you. We want to learn more about you, but we need your help every step of the way. Um, And you know my pray. Amen. All right, ladies, it was a wonderful week. Don't forget to continue to submit your questions on our anonymous Google form. Again, nothing is off. Nothing is off the table. You can ask anything you want, and I will do my very best to research during the week and try to answer those questions and topics for you. But yeah, thanks for joining us. I will see you next Saturday.